just like to welcome everyone who's joining us on our live stream today. It's only one part of our service here uh, at Chelsea Community Church with City Temple. If you want to be part of the whole thing via Zoom, drop us an email, and you're always welcome to come down and join us in person. So let's turn to the word of the Lord, first to Isaiah uh, 59, and then to John, uh, and then finally to Romans. But before we uh, read, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, thank you so much that we can gather together in this place. We thank you, Lord, that we can gather together here in safety today. And we remember our brothers and sisters and, and the other, uh, other people in Ukraine who are having to endure bombings and, and all kinds of violence. And Lord, we cry out to you for Ukraine. We cry out to you for Russia. We cry out to you for that region that there would be peace that there would be stability, that there would be godly borders, that there would be a removal uh, of all kinds of crime and corruption, and that those two nations might live in peace and harmony. Lord God, just have mercy upon that situation right now. And we also pray for our whole world this day, Lord God, for places all around the world like North Korea and China with Taiwan and Myanmar and uh, the mass shootings that have occurred here recently, all this violence, all these problems, Lord. We lift them up to you, and we ask for your grace and mercy to be upon people all around the world today. And we ask that the good news of Jesus Christ would go forth in power today. Now, Lord, as we go to your word, I pray you would open it up to us. Help us not only to read it, but also to understand it, apply it, and live it out all for your glory and praise. And let your Holy Spirit rest on me so I can bring your word to your people today, boldly and faithfully, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 59, let's read verses 14 and 15. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the public squares, and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. And then to John, John chapter 8. We start reading with verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham, offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. 
This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works of your your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I'm here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot hear, bear to hear my word. You're of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And then finally, to Romans chapter 1. We'll begin with verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in, the way, in their way of thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fool, fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Well, I want to start today with a, a quote from uh, what uh, apparently some consider to be one of the most powerful philosophers around today who's studied the issue of truth quite extensively. Uh, and I, I quote from his book, his recent book, although I have to admit that I haven't read the book nor bought the book, but I wanted to quote from the book. I read the quote in a couple of places, so I felt like it was pretty safe to quote from this uh, modern-day philosopher of truth. Everybody, you know who I'm talking about, Prince Harry. And uh, according to Prince Harry, in spare, here's the quote, there's just as much truth in what I remember and how I remember it as there is in so-called objective facts. Interesting. And it would be horrifying if it, that kind of perspective wasn't so common today. In fact, the words of the prophet Isaiah, I don't know have ever been truer than they are today, that truth has indeed stumbled in the public square. We live in a time where people don't know truth. They don't understand truth. They don't understand what it is. It's stumbled in the public square. We can't count on politicians to express the truth. You can't count on scientists to express the truth. I mean, we learned that through COVID and we've learned that through the aftermath of COVID, how many scientific pronouncements were made by scientists who were in the pocket of certain governments. 
You can't trust the politicians. You can't trust the scientists. Uh, frankly, you can't even trust the ministers in churches today because a lot of what's being promoted certainly has nothing to do with truth. Truth has stumbled in the public square. And not only that, what makes this worse is that those who hold to truth, those who promote truth, actually are considered the enemy. They're shadowed down. They're canceled. They're challenged. And that happens even in churches. And in the absence of truth today, what begins to happen is that those in power, those who can do the best propaganda, those who can promote some kind of coercive consensus so that we're all forced to agree. And if you don't agree, you're considered an outlier that needs to be attacked or excluded, that those things become the arbiters of truth. Those things become the arbiters of what's really real. And consequently, we end up where things like my truth, as opposed to your truth, becomes a battleground. Or we end up with things like my pronouns versus your pronouns become a battleground. Because we can't identify people by their genitalia. We have to identify them in some other way. And it's the challenge that we are dealing with today. Ukraine. It's all about Ukraine. You, you can see this. You know, how many times people have bought into a false narrative. Oh, NATO was about to attack Russia. And so Russia had to invade Ukraine. It's all propaganda. Recently, you saw in Sweden where there was the burning of the Koran designed to create disunity. And apparently the person who burned it has links with Moscow. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And God has spoken a word for this year. He's actually given several here. And that's what these few sermons uh, in January have been about, God's word for the year. And so I want to give you, uh, I've got a few here today, but I want to give you the first one. And this is what I believe the Lord is saying. The Lord's saying, I will create a hunger for truth, especially amongst the emerging generation. They will detest the vapid pseudo-truth of the last two generations. They will recognize BS, and I'm hoping you all know what BS is. They, they, no, it's not Bible study. Uh, they will recognize BS for what it is, worthless, smelly, and foul. You know, I think the Lord has been showing me that there is a coming movement amongst 20-somethings where the 20-somethings are going to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and are going to start proclaiming the gospel and they'll be at the vanguard of the next great awakening that's going to be happening not only in the United Kingdom but also globally. And our role in part is to support them and encourage them and what the Lord is going to do. I look forward to that. Here's another word, another thing uh, I think the Lord is saying. Quote, uh, people will begin hungering for truth as not seen in more than a generation. The famine for hearing the word of the Lord, uh, that's a reference to Amos 8.11. The famine for hearing the word of the Lord has created a hunger for truth. The spiritual junk food diet 
has created a hunger for truth. The delusions, illusions, lies of the media and social media is creating a hunger for truth. You must be ready, but the church is not ready. For Christians have been pursuing lies and opinions and novelty and freshness instead of truth. Close quote. We need this hunger for truth. We especially need it now because we are living in a time of confusion and conflict concerning all the standards of truth, all the standards of reality, so that many people are becoming agnostic and skeptical. Agnostic meaning, okay, we can't really know what truth is. That's what agnostic means. And skeptical, oh, well, I can't trust anybody. I can't believe anything. I can't believe the politicians. I can't believe the scientists. I can't believe the business leaders. And I can't believe the ministers. And because people are so agnostic and skeptical, they have become vulnerable. Because when you don't know truth, and you have no standards of truth, and you un uh, unlatch yourself from the anchors of truth, then suddenly you are vulnerable to every wind of change that might blow throughout society. We need this hunger for truth right now. We need to love truth. And we need to pursue truth. And I believe this is something God is calling us to as Christians, especially this year. Now we should do it all the time, obviously. But right now, in this year, it's especially important for us. And in order to love truth, and pursue the truth, we need to know what truth is, we need to know where to find truth, and we need to know how to love it. Because frankly, most people have not been taught to love truth, even in the church. Many churches over the last 20, 30 years have been taught, oh, you know, go with your feelings. They've been taught, we want to be sensitive to those outside the faith, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you can sacrifice everything for the sake of sensitivity to others. You can sacrifice the pursuit of truth in the, well, there's so many different opinions and so many different ideas. Yeah, there are a lot of different opinions and ideas in the church of Jesus Christ, and some of them are wrong. Some of them are wrong. So we need to pursue it. We need to love truth. And so we need to know what it is where to find it, and how to love it. So let's start with what it is. You know, the Old Testament word and the New Testament word are basically similar in meaning for truth. And when you take the Old Testament word, Emmet, uh, the New Testament word, Althea, uh, and you translate them, you get truth. It's truth. It's consistent. And the understandings of truth between the two is consistent. And according to the Bible, truth is that which corresponds to what is objectively real. What actually exists. The way things truly are. That's truth. That's truth. It's not an opinion. It's not an idea. It's something that corresponds to what is objectively real, what actively, actually exists. And for the Bible, truth is a reality that is firm. It's solid, it's valid, 
It's steadfast. It's faithful. It's constant. And it's unchanging. Now, of course, we know that there are varying ways to determine truth. And you can find these, actually, uh, in the Scripture. We understand science, if you want to find scientific truth, which is an understanding of the way the universe actually is. And by the way, science is not right simply because it's scientific. Scientists have gotten it wrong many different times. Now, when I was first in school, the majority opinion that was being taught was that the universe was ageless and limitless. It was infinitely old and infinitely big. But back in the 1960s, someone said, oh, wait, no, it had a beginning. And a lot of scientists made fun of that idea by calling it the Big Bang. And they made fun of it because they knew instinctively that if there was a beginning to the universe, it validated what the Bible said. Now, so science. In science, you want truth, you want to discover truth in a way that's testable and verifiable. In the legal realm, we go after truth by finding out what's authentic, what's a genuine fact, which can be verified or measured in some way. In history, we seek out truth by finding what the real state of affairs that genuinely occurred were, as opposed to myth and legend and general ideas. You know, right now, one of the dangers that we have in a lot of entertainment with all the historical dramas from the crown, even to things that a lot of people like, such as The Chosen, is that they're not 100% true. There's a little bit of truth and a lot of bit of imagination. And sometimes the imagination is sanctified and sometimes it's not. And that's dangerous because we can start believing that Marie Antoinette slept around a lot. We can start believing things that are not true at all. That's dangerous. Truth also, according to the Bible, is real and effective knowledge. In other words, you can live by truth. You can live by truth. I like Alistair McGrath. He said, you know, Christianity is not true because it works. Christianity works because it's true. It's a key thing to understand. You can live by truth, according to the Bible. And truth is never merely theoretical or abstract. You know, like the multiverse stuff. You know, that's kind of fun scientifically, uh, in science fictionally, (laughs) but it's not science. It's not at all science. It's in a way to try to avoid the reality of God. But that's another story entirely. So truth, biblically, is always practical. It's applicable. There's no idea of this abstract existence that may or may not be real, that may or may not have uh, an effect in our lives. For the Bible, truth is something that where concepts correspond with that which truly exists, with the actual facts. And a true statement is not something that's just accurate. It's reliable, trustworthy, 
It's worthy of your personal commitment. It's worthy of your personal trust. And that truth, according to the Bible, is not subject to our expectations for, for precision and proof. But it's always livable. You're not going to prove God. You're not going to disprove God either. Hate to tell the atheists. Now, we want to apply science to everything, but science is not the arbiter of all truth. It never can be, even though the Enlightenment people really wanted it to be. And now many people today realize that there's no way. And truth, according to the Bible, is something that we have to discover. It's something that has to be revealed to us. It's not something that just descends and hits us in the head. It's something that we have to find out. It's something that we have to seek out. It's something that we have to go after. But here's the danger. The danger is that truth makes demands on us. When you know the truth, you can't be personally detached. That's why a lot of people don't like the, re the resurrection of Jesus Christ. People don't like to know that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most reliable ancient historical fact that we have. It's really incontrovertible if you know the evidence and you examine the evidence. But you know what the problem is? If you believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead bodily, just as he said he did, then you need to listen to what he said and live accordingly. And so a lot of people will try to discount it because they don't want to follow. Because the truth, it makes demands on us. And truth is not subject to your perspective, your opinion, or your limitations. Your perspective only determines how much of truth you might happen to see at any given moment. But you cannot apprehend all of truth. You cannot understand all of truth. But truth makes demands on us. So that, according to the Bible, is what truth is. So where do we find it? Where can we get truth? If we're going to pursue it, it's good to know where you're going to try to find it. God determines truth. If you want to pursue truth, you have to pursue God. Because ultimately, God is the final arbiter of truth. He is the determiner of truth. God is the one who establishes what is true and what is not true. Now, God does this because he's transcendent and holy. That means that God is bigger than the universe. He's greater than the universe. He exists outside the universe, and he's holy. That means he's totally set apart from the universe. So even though God is intimately engaged with us through Jesus Christ, God is still separate from. So if the universe ceases to exist, guess what? God still exists. And that means that God's perspective is the only perspective that encompasses everything. God's perspective is the only perspective that understands everything. And not only is God transcendent, but God determines truth because God is sovereign. He's the one who's in control. He is the boss. And God is immutable. That means God never changes. That's why truth itself does not change. Our understanding of truth will change, 
But truth itself does not change. It does not change, even as God does not change. And God's nature encompasses all fact and all goodness. That means that God is the, the source, the support, the objective of all concrete being, everything that's really real. And so God determines truth. So if you're going after truth, you need to go after God. But that's a problem because God's pretty big and we cannot possibly discern God just by ourselves any more than we can even begin to discern the entirety of the universe, no matter how powerful our telescopes are. So we have Jesus. Jesus, he comes down, God incarnate. Jesus is truth in bodily form. He is the word of God, the logos of God, the truth of God that has become flesh. He in himself is the embodiment of truth. So if you want to know truth with a human face, you look at Jesus. If you want to know truth in the human life, you look at Jesus. If you want to know truth as in who God is, you look at Jesus. And only Jesus. You can't look at Muhammad for this. You can't look at Buddha for this. You can't look at the, uh, any of the many Krishnas that exist for this. You only look at Jesus. Because he is the truth. And thank God that in Christ, God revealed truth to us. But God also revealed truth to us through the universe he created. That's what Paul was saying there in Romans. He said, from the very beginning, you can see the awesomeness of God just by looking at the universe. You can see God's glory. You can see how much God loves us. Think about it. Now, I have a good friend named Jeff, and uh, he proposed to his wife, Kara, many, many years ago now. And, uh, and she first turned him down because he didn't have a ring. And so Jeff has always been a big baseball fan. And so he went and sold some of his most valuable baseball cards to buy her a ring. And she said yes. And now they're married uh, many years and three kids later and one grandchild. Uh, but it was the cost of what Jeff did for her that demonstrated clearly his love for her. Take a look at the universe. It's the vastness of the universe that God has created for us little bitty, smaller than specks of dust, smaller than the smallest microbes. In comparison, God built everything to show us his love. God's revealed himself in the, the world God created. That's uh, his general revelation, his universe. And God has also revealed truth to us through the Bible as God's specific revelation of truth for all people. It's anchored in real life. Now the thing is, science is not the same as the universe. Science is just our attempt to interpret the details of what we see. Theology is not the same as the Bible. Theology is simply our human attempts to interpret what God has shown us. And sometimes, as we've seen, both in science and in theology, they can be very wrong. And so we always have to be going after the truth 
no matter what. But believing that the Bible is God's specific truth, specific revelation for all people that's anchored in real life. So that the known will of God in the Bible becomes the standard of truth because it expresses who God is. And that's why it's so important to rightly handle the word of truth, as Paul tells Timothy, to be very careful in it. And on top of this, God has created all people with a longing for truth. Every human being everywhere, we have a longing for truth and a longing for beauty. And that's true no matter what culture you're from, no matter where you're from, no matter our different perspectives. We've got a longing for truth and for beauty, but in this context, for truth. So God has revealed himself. He's revealed truth to us. He's given us Jesus Christ. He's given us this longing for truth that's inside of us. And he's also created every human being with the ability to discover truth. Every one of us have the ability to discover God's truth. God's given us our senses, our sight, our taste, touch, all of that to help us to discover truth. God has given us our reason and our logic. God has given us our imagination. God has given us science. You know, theology used to be called the queen of the sciences. God has given us science. It's only in the last couple hundred years that a group of people who wanted to deny the reality of God has tried to pit science and God theology against each other. But in the vast majority of human history, that's not been the case. It's only been a couple hundred years where that has emerged. And it's emerged explicitly from people who wanted to deny the existence of God and undermine that. And God has given us faith. And you know, all truth requires faith, even scientific truth. You have to, in science, you have to have faith in the scientific process to reveal truth to you. If you don't have faith in the scientific process, you will never trust the outcome of your experiments. That's true in everything. Everything requires faith. Life requires faith. And God's given us all of these things as a gift so that we can discover truth. And so we can live in that truth and so that we can get to know God. That's his desire. But obviously there are various forces at work in our world that try to distort and conceal truth. Satan, Jesus mentions him. Satan, the father of lies, he works to undermine truth as the father of lies because as Jesus said, there is no truth in him. There's nothing about Satan. That's true. And by the way, the opposite of truth is not error, but it's lying and deception. You can have error and still be walking in the truth, but you cannot be lying and walking in deception and be walking in the truth. It's an interesting thing. And the world itself, the world around us, seeks to present its own version of truth independently of God. You know, I mentioned how 
You know, there were scholars back in the late 1700s, a guy named uh, Schiller in Germany. He wanted to come up with a way to study the Bible that would undermine the truth, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. And it's taught today in most seminaries around the world. But it was designed to undermine the truth. So the world around us has a vested interest in not aligning itself with God because as soon as it aligns itself with God, it has to follow the truth. And sadly, that's true even today in, in the Church of Jesus Christ. I don't need to mention all the headlines we've had just in the last seven days about different ways that church leaders are undermining truth, trying to go around truth in, uh, in, in alignment with the world. And of course, human sin has distorted our ability to apprehend truth. As uh, Paul says in Romans, that it's by our unrighteousness that we suppress the truth. And our human sinfulness always hinders our ability to get at the truth. Pride is the enemy of truth. To the degree that you walk in pride, whether as a scientist or a theologian, you will not get to the truth. Independence is the enemy of truth. Independence is the enemy of truth. Arrogant certainty is the enemy of truth. And this is very present amongst a lot of Christians today. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, and I know that I'm right and everybody else is wrong. It's a bit like the new sitcom that's come out on Channel 4. It's called Everyone Else Burns. And it's about a religious cult up in Manchester because I guess those Mancunians have problems with cults. I don't know. If you're from Manchester, I bless you. I love Manchester. Just to, anyway. So if you want to find truth, you got to go to God. And you can only find truth according to God's will, according to God's ways, which includes science, but includes so many other things as well. So now we know a bit about what it is. It's that which corresponds to what really exists, what really is. We know a little bit about where to go for it, how to pursue it. That's with God. Now we need to deal with how do we love it. Because there are ways to love truth. There are ways for us to pursue it and to love it. The first one, we have to trust God and seek God to guide us into all truth. You will not be led into truth unless you trust God. Unless you trust that God is the source of truth. As, we, as the saying goes, all truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. doesn't matter who spouts it. All truth is God's truth. And you have to trust God, and you seek God to guide you into truth. It's like God said to Isaiah again, I, uh, Isaiah 45, 19. I did not speak in secret in a land of darkness. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Again, Psalm 25, verse 4. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. So you trust God and seek God to guide you 
into all truth. Second thing is we need to trust the Bible as the objective source of truth for faith and life. You got to trust the book. No matter what your perspective is on it, it's from God. It's the testimony to Jesus. It's the only reliable testimony to Jesus. It's the only eyewitness testimony to Jesus. You got to trust the Bible as the objective source of truth. As the psalmist says, Psalm 119, 160, the sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous rules endures forever. So you got to trust God and seek God. You got to trust the Bible and you need to humble yourself. You have to humble yourself. Paul warns Timothy against a group of people who were always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also, and there's women in there too, also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. These are people who are not walking in humility. And they lose their place, they lose their standing. So you've got to humble yourself. You also need to be willing to use all your resources to get the truth. It doesn't come quick. It doesn't come easy. It's costly. As Solomon said, Proverbs 23, buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. You have to be willing to invest yourself. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come naturally. It takes a commitment. It takes a commitment in the Word of God. It takes a commitment of study. It takes a commitment of learning. But again, if you're not walking in humility, it doesn't mean anything. But you use all your resources to get the truth. And as you get it, you then, next thing, stand in the truth. As Paul says in, in Ephesians 6, 14, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. So you trust God, you go after God, you trust the Bible, you humble yourself, you invest all your resources to go after this thing. And as you get it, bit by bit, piece by piece, you got to stand in it. Don't let yourself be moved from it. Don't let yourself be moved from it. And the next thing, you need to connect with a church who loves truth. As Paul told Timothy, the church is the household of God. It's the household of God, excuse me, is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. You need to avoid churches that don't love the truth and aren't pursuing the truth and aren't seeking to live in the truth. And they're becoming more and more obvious every single day. We need to stand together because it's almost impossible to stand separately. So you've got to find and commit and connect yourself with a church who loves the truth. And then you must actively continue as a follower of Jesus. She's okay. Actively continue as a follower of Jesus. I never mind when kids come up. It's actually pretty cool. So I love it. Uh, actively continue as a follower of Jesus. Continue in your discipleship. Practice your discipleship because that's the only way to know the truth 
and the truth that will set you free. Listen to what Jesus said there. Uh, you know, he said, if you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you're not a disciple of Jesus, you're not going to know the truth, and certainly the truth won't set you free. And most people, they miss the first half of that quote. We have to continue our discipleship. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart to fear your name, Psalm 8611. And these are the ways that we love the truth. And we can pursue the truth. Now once you know what the truth is, you know where to find it, and you make a choice to love it and to pursue it. And the good news is that God, as I said, has equipped us to find it. And not only has he equipped us to find it in our humanity, but he's also giving us his Holy Spirit. He's also lavished his grace upon us in Jesus Christ. And that enables us even more to discover the truth and to live the truth and to walk in the truth every single day. Let me tell you right now, loving the truth is essential for us in this time in world history. It is absolutely, absolutely essential for us. Like what Paul said to the Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2, the coming of the lawless one, by the way, the lawless one, that's not wanting truth. That's what it's all about. The lawless one is Satan, by the way, if you don't know. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. Notice this, you can't trust signs and wonders. They don't always tell you what's true. You can't trust propaganda claims. They don't always tell you what true, what's true. You know, it's coming with false power and false signs and wonders and all kinds of wicked deception for those who are perishing. Now, why did they perish? Because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Those who refuse to love the truth will not be saved. And I don't think that's just our eternal salvation because the word for salvation encompasses a lot of things. It's about God's blessings and authority and kingdom in this life as well as the world to come. So we need to love truth as never before. You need to love truth as never before. But there's a warning here because loving truth is disruptive. If you love truth, Many people will not love you. Many people will not love you because telling the truth, speaking the truth to power or to deception or to, to weakness or whatever is not a popular thing. It's disruptive. It's dangerous. Telling truth in a world that refuses to love truth and so be saved. In a world that believes truth is what I determine, my truth or your truth, loving the truth is a revolutionary act. Telling the truth is a revolutionary act that will upset people and upset churches 
and upset cities and upset nations and upset the world. And we need to understand that living the truth, if we make this commitment, living the truth is costly as well as transformative. Jesus told the truth and they wanted to stone him. Jesus told the truth and eventually they crucified him, just like you know they would do. It's costly and transformative, but we can know the truth. We can apprehend it and embrace it and live it out because the truth is Jesus. Let's pray. Gracious God, we love you. We worship you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord, for the truth. The truth that sets us free as followers of Jesus Christ. Lord God, I pray that you would awaken in us a renewed love for the truth. Lord God, I pray that you would give us a new hunger for the truth. I pray, Lord, that you'd give us a new humility that we might find the truth. I pray, Lord, you'd give us a new sense of trust in you as the source of all truth. Trust in your word as an objective standard of truth for our life and our faith in this world. Holy Spirit, come upon us because Jesus promised that you would lead us into all truth. And we ask that you do that. Jesus, let us find you because you are the truth. Father, give us a hunger for you because knowing you is knowing truth. And let us be bold. Let us be faithful in this world today. Let us become people of the truth with grace and mercy and love but with the truth nonetheless. Not the truth of our opinions, not the truth of our perspectives, but the truth of who you really are and how you have really created the world and how you have really spoken through the Bible and how you have really manifested yourself in Jesus Christ fully God and fully human. We love you and praise you. I pray all these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 Let's worship the Lord.